I had a person tell me, listen, you deserve to be here. You deserve to be here. And don't you ever forget that. And it was a, a, a black woman who then left the firm later, but she said that to me and that stuck with me. And I always reminded myself of that, especially when the moments were very low and I was feeling like I wasn't doing my job well. And there was a lot of pressure. I always reminded myself of that. Welcome to the Early Career Moves podcast, the show that highlights remarkable BIPOC young professionals killing it on their career journeys. I'm your host, Priscilla Esquivel-Bolcha, Latinx career coach, corporate consultant, daughter of immigrants, and lover of breakfast tacos. Meet me for a coffee chat every Friday as we either dive into a special guest story or I'll share my own career gems. If you're a BIPOC professional feeling lost in your career or just need a dose of inspiration, you're in the right place. Let's get started. Hey everyone, how's it going? I'm so excited to introduce to you today's guest on the show. Today we have Yeve Sibanda on the show. She is an immigrant from Zimbabwe. She's a fintech lawyer at a startup called Brex. And before that, she was working in big law as a big law associate at Wilmer Hale, which is a very prestigious international law firm. And on this episode, she talks about what that experience was like being, you know, a black woman immigrant, not from like a top, you know, top 10, top 15 law school, and how she made that transition over to Wilmer Hale. She also had a finance background, which she believes really helped her break into that into that space. And she also talks about her switch over to the startup and like what made her make that decision. So if you are someone who is in law school, is a law graduate, is interested in just like what is it like to be a big law firm associate, this is a great episode. And yeah, just can't wait to hear what you think. Hey, before we head into today's episode, I want to encourage you to follow us on Instagram at ECM Podcast. Also head over to ecmpodcast.com where you can get freebies, read the latest ECM blog post, and sign up for our monthly newsletter. And if you or someone you know is looking for one-on-one career coaching, you can sign up to work with me on my website. Lastly, if you're a big fan and supporter of the show, please make sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It's how we can reach other people. Okay, let's head into the show. Welcome everyone to the show. I'm so excited to have Yeve Shitiga Sibanda on the show with us. Welcome. Thank you so much, Priscilla. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah. So I'm really excited to hear about your experience as an immigrant in the U.S. and how you have navigated your career as a woman of color, as a Black woman. So why don't we start with just you sharing a little bit about your personal background so our audience can get to know you? Absolutely. Yeah. So I'm a proud immigrant. I'm originally from Zimbabwe, which is in Southern Africa. I have been in the U.S. though for more than half of my life. So this is certainly home along with Zimbabwe. And I, growing up, always knew that I wanted to be uh, a lawyer. In fact, my choices were, I told my mom I wanted to be a lawyer or an actress. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And I went the law route and I came to the U.S. for college when I was 16. And, um, 
after being an overzealous like college student, I really was burnt out and decided to take some time out. So I then entered a career in banking, which took me to the United Kingdom where I worked and lived for three years. And then mm. I finally decided once the um, global financial recession hit in 2008, decided to come back to the US and I went to law school and I have been practicing attorney now for eight years. And I am super um, proud and super driven by my passion for diversity, equity, and inclusion in the legal profession and just in general. And that drives kind of everything that I do and the decisions I make with my career and the things I get involved in as a professional, even personally. And for me, the two kind of things that I always remember are literally that I am my ancestors' wildest dreams. My grandfather, my maternal grandfather actually was enrolled in law school in Zimbabwe. At the time it was called Rhodesia, but because he was a black man, he was forced to drop out because he was not allowed to be a lawyer as a black man at that time. And so he did. And then he ended up pursuing a career in nursing and um, sending all nine of his kids to school that way. But he really wanted to be a lawyer. And and the fact that I am not just a lawyer, but I worked at a top international law firm in the U.S. is mind-blowing. And that I am now about to embark on a new journey as a lawyer at a financial startup that is valued at several billions of dollars. I'm the first Black lawyer there. Like All of that is just a testament to the fact that I really am my ancestors' wildest dreams. And so that is something that guides me. And I want to make my granddad proud. I want to make my family proud. But I also want to pave the way for you know future generations, not just my own family, but other lawyers of color, other women, so that they too can excel and exceed what I'm able to accomplish. And then the second thing that drives my focus and uh, my is my North Star, I suppose, is that I really am trying to create generational wealth for my family. And so for me, everything I do, every decision I make, and I have a, a few side hustles that I'm involved in, it's really all to build a foundation for my family because I don't have an inheritance in this country. I don't come from a long line of you know, lawyers or whatever in the U.S. Certainly my family in Zimbabwe, you know, are established there, et cetera, but I'm not in Zimbabwe. And so for me, it's super important for um, me to create, along with my husband, a great foundation for our grandkids and our great grandkids. And we have a two and a half year old daughter and she really is the inspiration and the motivation for us to work hard and achieve. It's not really the American dream, but it's just our dream for what we want for our lineage. And that's uh, a little about me. Yeah, there's so many different directions that we could go. So I'm really excited <laughs> that you're here. So let's start a little bit with this whole concept of building generational wealth. I think it's so important, especially for immigrants, children of immigrants, marginalized communities. Yeah. You're right, we don't have that safety net, right? And sometimes not having that it really impacts our career decisions because we have to oh. think about financial security. And sometimes that means following our passions. Sometimes it doesn't, but we have to sort of figure out that balance. So how did you figure that out with the law? Like, did it fulfill those boxes for you? And in what ways did it not? And did the mm. side hustles come into play for you? Wow, that's a great question. And we could spend hours on just that alone. But so I'll talk about my side hustles a little bit. And those really were born 
literally born out of having a child and thinking about raising a child in this country. So my first one is Palisa Creatives, and that's a creative media company that amplifies the voices of Black and Brown people, especially talking about African stories and creating products that represent Africa and Africans in a positive light. And I have a book um, that I wrote called My First Book of Shona Ndebele Words that I wrote really so that my daughter could have a resource to learn her na- native languages so that she could have a book that has a child who's from Zimbabwe, a good quality book that she would be proud to pick up and take to school, for example. And there aren't many out there. And so when I was searching and couldn't find them, I decided to create my own. So that is a project that really I'm just trying to tell African stories, stories for us, by us, mm-hmm. and hope that people who aren't African also are inclined to read these books because African children's books are children's books generally and not just for the genre in which they're written for. They're for everybody. And so that project, that side hustle is not yet at a point where it's creating wealth in the sense of dollars, but it is creating wealth in the sense of spreading the story that I'm trying to spread. And every book that I sell that goes into the hands of a family, it's achieving that goal. So that is my first baby. My second one is a public speaking coaching um, business that's really in its infancy. And that is really about trying to help women of color find their voices and amplify those voices in corporate America. And my kind of nine to five, I think I mentioned that I was at a law firm for eight years. And honestly, I think at various times, the law provided me with the safety net that I needed. I I was very fortunate to make good money at a law firm. Law firms tend to pay quite well, the big law firms. And so for the time that I had that job, it really was a great job financially. I was able to give back um, to my community. I was able to assist my family back home when needed and also do things for my own family here. And so it really was a, a great financial kind of situation. I think as immigrants, not only are we thinking about finances, we're talking also about literally the legality of working in this country, right? And so a lot of us are trying to get green cards and ultimately citizenship. And so sometimes you stay in a job because you are waiting to get Um, sponsored and all of that. So that also factors in and comes into play. I think for me, I definitely stayed eight years working at a law firm. I I wanted to gain the skills and be confident in the skills that I had so that I could go off and do something else. And a couple of years ago, I started working with a career coach and I had identified that I wanted to be in the tech space because it's an innovative space. There's a lot of growth. You can build something from the ground up. And so my new role is a fintech startup called Brex. What they're doing is creating products for startup companies. And they really are trying to level the playing field so that let's say when my business, for example, or when your business becomes large enough to be able to need loans and all of that and be able to actually operate and turn a a profit, you can turn to Brex. They have financial system that they're building. So they have debit cards, credit cards, et cetera, that they're um, creating. And so I think it's really exciting and really awesome because it ties back to this whole concept of financial inclusion, which like I said, diversity, equity, um, and inclusion are really big drivers for what I do. Yeah, no, that's really exciting that you're able to now make this move and that it aligns so well with like your dreams and your vision for your future. When you were in law school, my understanding is that the law school experience is very cutthroat. It's really intense. The first semester grades are basically what 
a lot of your career opportunities are based off of. Was that your experience? And how did you get into international private law firm that people are just clamoring to get into? Like, what was that like? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So your first question about law school, I was really fortunate to go to a law school that is pretty well known to be the opposite of the typical law school experience. It is not, it's cutthroat in the sense that we're all competitive and we're all super smart. We were all super smart, but it wasn't cutthroat in the sense that people would hide your notebooks or like delete your notes or anything like that, (laughs) that I heard about. People instead were actually very open to sharing notes and all of that. And my first semester experience was super interesting because I had just come from the UK where I had been for three years. And I literally came back to the US with two suitcases. And I was staying with a friend and didn't have my own place. And so I was staying with a friend. I was living far from the law school. I didn't even have a laptop because I had scraped up all of my savings to try and like make law school happen. And Mm -hmm. so first semester for me was tough and challenging, not because law firm, not because law school was cutthroat, but really because I was, I was just going through a huge transition. And like I said, I didn't even have a laptop and law school is all about like you take notes on your laptop and everything. And so what I would do is I would rent a laptop. In fact, I would get a loaner lab from the library for each class and go back and forth to the library, checking it in, checking it in, checking it out. And I even took my exams that way. Yeah, it was really bad. It was really crazy that I did that the first semester. And so for me, the first semester, I actually did not perform as well as I would have liked. It's true that the first semester is super intense and those grades, in fact, your grades from the first year generally are the ones that are used for finding jobs that summer, et cetera. And what did happen though is my second semester, everything turned around. I, I got my own place. I got some scholarships. I got a laptop and my grades also reflected where my mental state was. <laughs> and I did so well. And one of my professors told me that, listen, employers would rather see an improvement in the second semester than a drop in the second semester. So it's okay that your grades Mm -hmm. weren't what you wanted in the first semester, because now it shows like, listen, you turn things around. And I had really great grades um, the second semester. And so that helped me for resume purposes when I was looking for a job. But my first year summer job, I did not land a job at any of the places that I really wanted to work. When I went to law school, I knew that I wanted to, I didn't know, but I had told myself that I wanted to go to a a law firm. And so I applied to all these jobs. I applied, didn't get any until like the very last day when I was like, okay, you know what? I'm not going to get anything. One of my friends gave me um, a great recommendation to work at one of the law clinics at, at the school. And it was a paid job, which most first year jobs are not paid. And this was a paid job. And I ended up doing that. And that really was, that experience was awesome. And I think that's what set me up for the years after that, where the next semester and the next year, I was able to really speak to having client experience because of that job I had the first summer. And then to be very honest, I was super positioned well for a law firm job the next year because I had worked in banking for four years. That was gold. Mm. Everybody would see that and they would be like, wow, oh my gosh, like tell us about that. And so that experience, taking a detour between college and law school really 
helped me land the law firm um, job. And so my second semester of summer, I got a job at a law firm. And that's where I actually started working, worked there for a year, and then transferred to the law firm that I just left and worked there for seven years. But it really was the experience I had in banking. And so I think with law school, people like to say, oh, your first year grades are everything. But if you have work experience, that's to your advantage. And then two, there's always, there's a person on the other side of interviews and all of that, right? If you have a good story to tell, your grades might not be great. But if you have a good story to tell and you can convey that you have the skills that are necessary to be a lawyer, you'll still be fine. I have so many friends who didn't have law firm jobs all through law school and now they're at big law firms. And the beauty of law is that it's very fluid. So you could start out working at a law firm and look at me now, like I'm going to be a technology lawyer. You could start out working in the government. It's very fluid. And so there is no kind of, oh, if you do this, you're doomed forever. And that's going to be, that's what I learned is that it's not the case that what you do, the first job you have or whatever is sets up everything. No, life doesn't work like that, thankfully. Awesome. So when you did finally get to that law firm environment, we yeah. talked before the interview that those spaces are very elite and they're not built for women of color, people of color. So how did you navigate those first couple of years in wow. your career? What was challenging about it? Oh, another hour long conversation. It was <laughs> challenging. It was so hard. I think Priscilla, like I mentioned, and I'm sure is when here from other guests, it's really difficult to be in an environment and operate in a space in which you have no insight into. Do not have, I did not, I do now, <laughs> but I did not have lawyers in my family, right? I did not have an uncle or a parent or whatever who had worked in the law firm environment before. What I did have was friends and mentors and stuff like that that I established along the way, thankfully. But it's ex extremely difficult to navigate a situation in which you don't have any um, any perspective into or anything like that. And so it was challenging. I won't lie. It really was challenging. And I, I am a people person. I enjoy meeting people and talking to people, but I found it difficult to do so at the law firm, having been in starting as a new associate, especially at the law firm that I joined later, not the one that I had mm -hmm. a summer associate position with, but the one I joined later, it was hard. But what I did is I just decided, you know what, let me get involved in, in various committees. Let me volunteer because one, that will teach me about the culture and that also, you know, allow me to meet new people. And so that's one of the things that I did. Two, I talked to and had coffee with a lot of people and just introduced myself and asked them questions. That was helpful. And three, I had a life outside of the law firm, which if I had not, I probably would not have survived. At the time I was dating my um, now husband. He was very instrumental in helping me remain grounded. And then I had friends who were both in, some were in law firms, some um, were non-lawyers. And so that helped, I think, to remind me that well, I might be facing challenges or it might be hard to navigate this space, but that I had all these other skills and I had all these other friends and I still had a life outside of the law firm. It wasn't the end all be all. So I think that was super helpful. And as a black woman, one of the things that 
helped me remember who I was. I had a, a person tell me, listen, you deserve to be here. You deserve to be here. And don't you ever forget that. And it was a, a, a black woman who then left the firm later, but she said that to me and that stuck with me. And I always reminded myself of that, especially when the moments were very low and I was feeling like I wasn't doing my job well. And there was a lot of pressure, whatever the case may have been. I always reminded myself of that. Like, yeah, I deserve to be here. I went through the same process. I went to law school. I went through the interview process, everything. I deserve to be here. And so those are some of the things that helped me. But I won't lie, as a junior associate, it's hard because you're trying to do a good job. You're getting compensated well. And as an immigrant, I mean, God forbid you get fired from a job. or And so it really was a lot of intense pressure, especially for me being the only at the time, the only and the first lawyer in my family, I felt a lot of familiar pressure to maintain this job and to be like the beacon of of, of light. There's our lawyer. And so that was intense. But those are some of the ways and tools I used to get through it. And honestly, now, eight years after graduation, I can tell you that I am a lot more confident in my voice, a lot more confident in my abilities. And a lot of that has to do with being a mom. And also, like I said, having friends outside of law school and family who keep you grounded because they don't care. Like I got promoted in January and the promotion means nothing to them in terms of, I mean, they're excited I got promoted, but they're like, okay, a lot of my friends don't even know the name of the law firm I worked at. Like they forget. It doesn't mean anything to them. And so that has really helped me remain grounded. And the older you get and the more experience you have, I think naturally you get more confident and you find your voice. And now I'm at a place where I'm pretty unapologetically who I am. Yeah. Amazing. So my last question for you is why don't you, you know, tell us what are some books or podcasts or anything that's helped you navigate your career years? And then of course, also tell people where they can find you online and maybe they can work with you also. Oh, absolutely. So first I want to say, I'm always open to talking to, sharing experiences, even recommending mentors or being a mentor. I now have a lot of people that I've talked to and mentored along the way that I, whenever I get, let's say someone who wants to go to law school, I pass them along to the people that I've mentored because I'm like, okay, they need to also start building those relationships. So I'm always open to do that. I'm always open to talk about career, immigrant, all of immigration experiences, um, immigrant experiences rather. I'm always happy to do that. And I can be found on LinkedIn. I can be found on social media. My my profiles are open. Palisa Creatives is my, my book business. And And I think in terms of things that have helped me, I have relied on my faith a lot to get me through very difficult moments. I have relied on my faith. I have said it before. I've relied on my friends and family. So less like tangible resources, but really the support system that I have around me. And I think finally, I really enjoy podcasts that like Oprah's podcast. I really enjoy podcasts that give you hope, inspire you. And I think any podcast where like you're doing, people are coming on and sharing their experience, especially when it's women 
I'm drawn to. <laughs> so there are a few that I listen to for leisure, not necessarily for career purposes. So yeah, that's what I would say. And I think another thing that's helped me get through my career is being involved in organizations, both volunteer organizations, and then also related to my industry that has helped as well. And I think the bottom line out of everything that I'm saying is community community really has helped me get to where I am. And I hope to be someone who creates a community everywhere I go to help other people in their careers as well and to continue to further mine. So that's what I would say about that. Well, thank you so much for all of the wisdom that you just dropped. It's so great to feature someone who's, I can tell you're very uh, grounded as, at the same time, even as you have a very high powered career and exploring different passions. So thank you so much for sharing that perspective. Hey, are you thinking about changing careers? Then you need to head over to my website, ecmpodcast.com and sign up to get your free 20 page guide that I wrote with you in mind. I wrote this guide to help you change careers and get really clear on what it is that you want to do next. Career clarity is key to a career transition journey. All right. Can't wait to hear what you think about it. Have a great week.